Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Angela Winsky, and I am joined this week with Brett Freeman. Hey everyone. Look at that, your first this week, I, I, I know, I'm trying to pretend like I've been here before. Uh, yeah, uh, and there we have Jonathan Lee. Hello everybody. Uh, Zach is back from the dead. Hey everyone. And Chance will be joining us this week. Hello. Hello. Alright, so I'm sure everybody watched the great streams that AMG has been putting out for us, and uh, Mini Stravaganza. I mean, X-Wing technically only had two streams, but I, I think they gave us a lot of information there, so I think we're, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, we know a lot of things. We... Are, we were revealed a lot of ships, we were revealed a lot of stuff about organized play, and um, we know that the official FFG app that they use is now dead. So RIP, it was a piece of shit to begin with, and I'm glad they killed it. I used it one time when they made me for Worlds, and that was it. And then exactly. They were just like, yo, we made this app, you can, uh, you can use it. And like it was kind of always a black eye, right? It was so crappy. Like, thank God it's it's gone. <laughs> it, it's it's a shame because it had potential to be so good, and it was just kind of like it was terrible. Like I, I mean, and especially because like okay, so like a lot of the AMG dudes were like, uh, I mean, I could just be making all this stuff up, but um, a lot of them come from the War Machine minis game i'm pretty sure that they used like a actual decent app too they probably probably looked at this and were just like look at this garbage so like it's i mean it'd be cool if they did revitalize it in some way that they made it better but i mean for what we know right now is they're just killing you not gonna happen it's not gonna happen right this is why you develop your apps in-house kids when you Uh, uh, export them to eastern europe this is what you get back dude okay so I'll tell you right now, I dabbled into the world of Malifaux, and they have this crazy app that is, you've list built in there, you can scan the other person's list when you are list building, it has objectives and everything that you can put in there, and it was like, that's almost what I was expecting, like, from the FFG app, and it was nothing like that, like, so, like, the, the, it is, the technology's out there, of course it is, but it was just kind of like, they gave us this piece of crap, and, you know, it, it was... Not good, and I'm glad they killed it. They put the pillow over it. They, okay. they haven't done it. Okay. <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to mention about the app? No, this just this is yeah. why you need to develop apps in house because otherwise you get right. this crap back. All right, so uh, next thing that we have learned about X thing. Now, okay, I, I know this is causing a lot of controversy, but I don't think it really needs to. They announced that X-Wing is now going to be played, at least on a casual level, that it will be played in 12 rounds. Now, they said that could go anywhere from, if you want a quicker game, it could be 9 rounds. It could, if you want a longer game, it could be 15 rounds. But the standard play was going to be 12 rounds. Um, we don't... We do know that, you know, the, during... um tournament play there is still going to be a timer i don't believe i I mean i think everyone's kind of speculating it was 75 minutes but i don't know if he actually ever said that it was 75 minutes um they said it would be whatever the tournament document 
states. So they they opened up a new, yeah, a window for something else. I think that's the big thing is we have to wait until that tournament document comes out. And I think there's going to be a lot of big changes in there. They probably didn't even touch base on a lot of it. But I I mean, one of the things that I kind of really think we experienced this weekend is that it's AMG's game. It is not FFG's game. They are tearing down a lot of the things that FFG said they would never do. And they are like basically redoing everything um, to their standards and to what they, they want the game to be, which could be good for the game. I, I mean, I know a lot of people thought it was very stale. We've been playing 200-point deathmatch for as long as I can remember. Um, so it, it's interesting. I, I don't know me personally would ever do. I, I, I mean... For all we know, they could be making making it ninety minutes, you know, for tournament play. They could be doing something where it's either twelve rounds or ninety minutes, whichever gets that first. I'm just throwing ninety minutes out of you know my ass right now, but um, I, I don't think that's anything that really would be shocking if they did it. Um, what what do you guys think? <clears throat> I mean, I I think that most games were over by round twelve either because the clock had run out or because the game had just come to a natural conclusion. So I think this is really not going to be much of a change whatsoever. And as somebody who, uh, when I started playing and I read the rules and it said, the game's over when all ships are destroyed and uh, three hours later I'm still playing, uh, I'm pretty, uh, I would have been pretty happy to have this in the rules document all along. No, Brett, you can just stop playing. No. No, I can't. I need to destroy that ship. That's what it said. I don't care that I have four and they have one. We're playing till it's dead. No, I agree with Brett. I mean, uh, Gold Squadron, a couple, few years back, they did, like, a study of, like, games, and they found that the average game length was, like, 12 rounds or something like that, if I remember correctly, pre-COVID. And um, so... It doesn't bother me that they set a round limit. Vassal tournaments would do that too, right? And uh, they'd set a round limit. Vassal, I think, did time or did rounds plus fifteen minutes or something like that. They did like a, a combination of the two. Yeah, I think it yeah, used well, to I be a number of rounds, starving. and then became sixty minutes like plus two rounds. rounds it used to be a really huge number, like seventeen or nineteen, and then they cut it back. Yeah, I heard. But like I said, I could score. Yeah. And then some other games do what, like sixty minute, like non X Wing games. They'll do like sixty minutes plus two extra rounds at the end, or something like that. I forget, but like, no, I mean, then you know, like, you know when the game's gonna end. You can fly your ship into the corner and not be, and you know it's the last turn, and then and not worry about it flying off the board and stuff like that. I mean, there's ways to game it, just like a clock. Well, but, uh, exactly. I think that's, like, a big thing, is if you know, like, this is, no matter what, like, the last round or the second to last round, I think that changes a lot of strategy. I think that changes a lot of, you know, different aspects of the game. So that's why I'm, like, curious if, like, let's say you are playing a faster player or something like that, or, like, it's two ships, uh, two players that have two ship lists, and... You know, you're at 12 rounds, but, like, you might only be at the 60-minute mark. I, I mean, I, I is let's say, is that fair 
to say, um, then let's say there's two swarm players playing each other. Like, now they're, they basically, they, let's say the two ship list, they could be at maybe like 16, 17 rounds, where the swarm list could be at like 9, 10 rounds. But if they integrate that into some kind of tournament play or anything like that, do you think that it would make a level of fairness across the board? Yeah, I mean, I mean granted, everything's still going to always be timed, no matter what, but... I mean, Andrew, is what you're... Are you asking, does a round limit... Is that advantageous to a particular style of list? Yes. No, 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 I'm not, not saying... I'm not saying advantageous, but, like, let's say... Um, let's say 12 rounds, and that's it. That's the cutoff. Um, no matter what, so... I mean, maybe not advantageous to the list, but like I would say that like no matter what, you're gonna be trying to get twelve rounds in, and then that's it. I don't know. I don't think it changes that much compared to a yeah. seventy-five minute round. Like either way, you knew approximately when the game's gonna end. It's clearer in rounds how close you are to the game ending, but like wasn't that different than being like, all right, there's eight minutes left in the round. We probably take about five minutes to do a turn. We're in our second to last turn already. True, but then... So the only time I, I think otherwise is when you're in that, that game state where someone is just running uh, you know, to the end of time. And I, I've definitely been in games where I'm running or someone else is running, and I think in like those last 10-15 minutes, you get like 6 or 7 rounds in, like people are just flying, uh, you know, because they're moving one ship, and no one has a shot, so we're immediately moving on to the next one. Uh, and in a situation like that, it's it's definitely going to have an effect. But I don't think that's the majority of time. And well, that, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying, though. Is that, okay? So like, one of my games at this last East Coast Gamers tournament was we probably spent four or five turns. Um, not I want to say jockeying for a position, but it was kind of like it was like a reset where we kind of were just like, okay, we're just going to be moving ships. We're not going to be engaging because we passed each other and we don't want to do the K-turns. We want to try to get the best shots possible so that, you know, we have mods. But we also spent, like I said, a good four to five rounds repositioning. Now, um, if there was a round limit on that, I mean, now granted, we both had low shift now uh, of risks. Would it make it like almost like a, um, what's the word I'm thinking for, like a... Like a standard that are, um, yeah, you wouldn't in science. You wouldn't have the, you wouldn't have like the ability to to jockey for position. More of a control. I mean, but wouldn't that also get rid of some of those games where you just NASCAR each other for the first five rounds? I I also worry that this just encourages more so that just just jousting because people are going to be at least at the beginning before we're assuming the 12 rounds right before people are used to this or can get it out of their heads that everyone's just going to joust because everyone's going to be rushing and we're going to kind of I, I also understand that we don't want to play games where the six rounds of just flying in circles in the NASCAR like Zach said but at the same time I don't want to completely lose the uh, concept of you know jockeying for position to get a good joust and not just flying across you know flying directly at each other across the board. Right, and like I said, I, I think what I was trying to say was that like is it going to like bring more of a control to the game where that like twelve is something that we're going to have to 
really kind of look at it to even involve with your list building where as like if I know I can get 12 rounds in and have a really strong list that can do a lot of work in 12 rounds, or am I going to have a list that I need to try to figure out that might need, that does like a jockey for position, but I'm not going to have as much time to jockey for a position because I have a 12-round limit. And like to your point, I mean, Jen, yeah, like, I, I mean, with, with that being said, like, are you, is it going to be very draft or uh, joust heavy or is it going to be something, you know, is it going to change the game at all? I mean, like, what percentage of games take longer than 12 rounds? Does anybody know? Or... I, I don't know, but I'm going to guess that it's probably significantly less or fewer than 50%. Just curious. I mean, I wonder if it's in the. I remember when, uh, like, Gold Squadron did this analysis. They like broke it down, but um, I forget. I'm I'm curious. I know this is going kind of into it even more. What percentage of those games are twelve arrest rounds in cut, and then what that percentage looks like in just Swiss? I'm I'm curious if there's a difference there. I mean, if it's like Nathan Idy playing Duncan or uh, Duncan Howard, like endlessly, like moving their like aces around, like perfect position. Yeah, like you can imagine a final table game going like twenty, thirty rounds. But and and if it is twelve rounds, I mean, as an ace player, I always found that I can always run for like three turns. And turn four, I might get caught in the corner. And turn five, I'm almost certain to get caught in the corner. Right, so if I know now, okay, I only have three rounds left, like, okay, the game is essentially over. I can I can run to time before they're gonna be able to catch me. Where if it's fifteen minutes, it's not quite as, as clear cut. So I, I hope it's just strict seventy five minutes and, and not a round timer for, yeah, I, for yeah, competitive. Really, I think that the, uh, I, yeah, the, I, I think they're going to just keep doing time limit. I wouldn't be surprised if they increase the time limit. Um I could not see them decreasing it. I'd be really shocked if they do put a cap on competitive play of being 12 rounds. Um, I also just because think I think that, var- <clears throat> that variable... I, think, I feel like the variable is way too high like, I, for that. I, I think they won't for a completely different reason. 12 rounds is like really impossible to track. Like Other games that have 4 and 5 rounds, it's easy to figure out what round you're in. When it's 12 rounds... It's pretty easy for one player to be like, I think we're in round 11. I think we're in round 12. And how do you prove which one's correct as a judge? I mean, you just... I think you just put a counter. I mean, and then if you had... Yeah, how many other games have... But no, how many other games have a counter and you just you forget to flip it for a turn because you're in the middle of a heated game? Right. And, and in a five-round game, that's okay because it's easier to deduce... Which round are we in? One, two, I think three, I think three. we're throwing back to the whole entire then, you know, where you miss triggers and penalty points and stuff like that, where... I don't know, this is bigger but, than missing, like, a single trigger. Like, disagreeing on what round you're in, in turn 10 or 11, is a very realistic thing that's gonna happen, and there's no clear way of settling that dispute. Uh, you're not wrong, but like I said, I, I mean, I think at that point, you this is the opportunity uh, if AMG even institutes the penalty point situation where, like, that AMG uh, or FFG put into place. Um, well, who do you penalize there? The person that says it's you, 10 you penalize the person that says it's 9. 
No, you you penalize the table. You, both of them, <laughs> both players are responsible. So what? The judge just determines what round it is, and that's it. That and that's that. I would say yes. Um, you'd have to. That's it's just, it's a whole it. can of worms. You penalize, you penalize both players and you flip a coin. That's the only exactly. way you can do it. Yeah, I think that would be the honest thing to do. Um, but yeah, like I think that's the thing is you would just penalize both players and like. Um, well, instead, like you could do sixty play sixty minutes plus two rounds or something like that, or seventy minutes plus one round or something. Regardless, yes. No, no, then that's easy to keep track of. You can, like, be like, time goes, and you get, and you're like, everyone, one more round, and then, or everyone, two more rounds. You could do something like that. At that point, it just feels pedantic, and it just feels like you're changing it just for the sake of changing it, and not necessarily changing it for the better, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. The 75 minutes, I don't think there was anything wrong with the 75 minutes so i i really just don't think it's something that needs to be changed there's other things about I mean, this game you can say that needed to change but that's that's one it doesn't I mean, feel necessary yeah i agree with you chance they could have just put in the rule book game is over at 75 minutes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like pick, they could have said pick a time 45 60 75 minutes and then at yeah. that time your game is over i mean like when you when you buy a game right on the box it usually doesn't say the game is 10 rounds because how are you supposed to know how long a round of a game that you've never played before is? It usually says one two-player game takes, you know, 50 minutes or whatever. Like when you're just buying a game on a, a, a box game at a game store, it doesn't say how many rounds it is. So I, I don't know. This just feels dumb to me. Yeah, yeah but I mean, compare. Okay, so now not to compare it directly to Marvel Crisis Protocol, but I mean, looking at other games it is a very common like mechanic so it's very common in minis uh, games maybe it's not common yeah. in board games but it's super common in minis games sure for a number yeah. of rounds to be the measurement but the thing is like i said for most of those games that use that the measurement is like six rounds tops single digits yeah 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 where it's much easier to keep track of according to amazon a game of x-wing should take 30 to 45 minutes yeah but I guess that's probably a core second. Zach, Zach, do you remember when games were sixty minutes at tournaments? Yeah, I remember yeah. this. Yeah. Back in back in our old days, when like sometimes like games would be done at sixty minutes routinely. Yep. Which is kind of so like I mean like looking at other minis games though like I I can't name a single one that in a tournament setting is done in an hour to an hour. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Like that's the other thing is like most of the games that are like six rounds long also have a two-hour limit. Yeah, I mean I don't know uh, either. Yeah, definitely two hours. Um, yeah, they also cut down the tournament day. So yep. Um, like I don't think it'll be six rounds. It'd be anywhere from four to five. But yeah, yeah definitely. Like I, I think it might be to the point that um, and I'm gonna get into this topic a little bit in, into the next um topic, but. <laughs> The what they're saying is that you know they brought it up a couple times in the stream that you know the object of the game is to destroy your opponent's ships, and they might be looking at is are is that happening with the ter current set of time that we have? You know, is that happening or is it not happening? Yeah. And, and that might be what they're looking at. 
So overall, it sounds like we all think no, they can do a time that I, makes I, the most sense probably for a tournament. I think we're also completely over-speculating, and we wanted to know a lot more information than they actually gave us. So, well, uh, I, literally I, everything AMG does. <laughs> That's another discussion so, for another time. My my honest answer is I think we'll get tournament rules closer. Like I said, in the stream, they definitely said that they would be at Adepticon, and I know uh, I, I think that was like the first thing that they mentioned, um, at least big convention that they said that they would be at. So I think maybe a little bit closer to them we'll actually get, um, hopefully by the end of the year, but I, I think definitely by Adepticon. Which is crazy to think that's like six months out. I, I will get some definite answers, but I also, like I said, I think there's going to be big changes coming to the game uh, as far as a tournament perspective. Should do you want to talk about OP next, or should we move on to the next thing that you have on the Google Doc? What do you want to talk about OP? Oh no, like your time, like it really felt in their stream. They talked a lot about sort of scenario based OP. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We can talk about that now. Um, and, and... I, I don't know if it seems like you were just talking about OP. It, they, everything they talked about competitive OP was more, it will come in the future after COVID. But like the stuff they talked about in the near term definitely felt more casual. You know, get people into your store, play their Aces Hide kit and their, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. The Joy Soccer. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I mean, I, I think the game is definitely due for a change of some sort. And uh, it'd be interesting how that might. Um, I, I don't think I could ever see Aces High being like a valid. I, I think it's a very fun side event. I think it's a very uh, great store event and everything like that. But I, I could never see it being like a, you know, world's Aces High. But, um, it, I, I think they are in the works of, um, you know, putting scenarios out there in some way, and and they definitely said that they're going to be doing organized play, um, even in, I want to say higher level tournaments, um, that they would be introducing these mechanics. So, it, it'll be definitely interesting to see what they do there. And I, like I said, I I think the game's due for a change. I know FFG. I wouldn't say they dabbled into it, but I mean in their one of their recent card packs. They introduced all those different scenarios and different board setups and everything, but like I, I know they often played them. That. They, they, yeah, no one played them, them. other than Aces High. Like right. it has all those and, scenarios in there, but only Aces High is the only one people played. Right, and, and I'm curious. I'm not saying that like you know you have to force people to play it, but I think the major driving point um, to a lot of these players is the tournament play and the organized play. Um, that you know you can go to higher level events. With this, where if they put like some kind of rotating schedule of different things, then I, I think it'll catch people's interest. Um, and, and I know it's going to be a lot of trial and error, and uh, I think they are aware of that. I, and I hope the players are going to be aware of that as well. That it, it's some things are going to work, some things aren't going to work. So, but I mean, I, I'd be excited to see what they do turn out. And um, like I said, I mean, not everything's going to be, you know, this is, there's going to be a lot of scenario packs that are building a lot of different things, but I think I'd be interested to see what they do.
let's just be real. We're all we all want we all want worlds again. We're all excited to hear that they they do want to hold worlds and to go to a worlds event because I've only been to one, but it was such an awesome experience. It was a pretty no, amazing no. time. And let's World be honest, that's the whole reason why we we play Aces High, right? Because they had it at Worlds. Yep. Like, yeah. Like we wouldn't even be playing that one if they didn't have it at Worlds. So an event like that is the so way like, to get your other stuff out there. Here's the other thing. So if you look at like the timeline, I don't think that we would be necessarily in a spot that like within the next six to twelve months that we do see any kind of uh, different scenarios being in higher level tournaments. But I could definitely see how start to introduce it to like let's say like the 2023 series um like introduce it in 2022 and then the 2023 series they're kind of just like okay here you go you know droid soccer is now one of the um rotating um scenarios and like that honestly it introduces a whole different aspect to the game like they mentioned sideboards they mentioned um different like scenarios they didn't mention aces high they'll be like no don't get me wrong. I, like I said, I, I couldn't see Aces High being like a scenario, but like let's say like round one is droid soccer, and you have to go to your sideboard and pick ships that are on your sideboard. That might benefit that you know, um, that type of play. And then the next is some kind of trench run scenario, not scenario, but like an objective that like you could play, um, where like maybe let's say like the board is shortened down. That it's not a three by three um map that like. It would be interesting to see like different things. Like, and granted, like I said, I'm just spitballing ideas. But like, and then like round three would be 200 point deathmatch, and it would be like, okay, you know, but it would be a whole bunch of different things. And, and like, I think that would really open up the game um, to people just complaining about what's great about you know deathmatch. <laughs> I I think scenarios would definitely be awesome, and it would be nice to have some of them. But it would really just be extra nice to have some OP support right now of the kind that we all know and love. Anybody, uh, think, thinking anything? I know, Brett, I know you love 200 think- points that much. I do. But... But would you be sad if, like, that wasn't the only thing that you were playing? Like, let's say, like, okay, just spitballing. Let's say droid soccer was, like, one thing. And, like, half your rounds were droid soccer and the other half was team deathmatch. Count me out. All right, so I won't lie. I think droid soccer sounds like the dumbest idea ever. Um, I mean, I have to see it in practice, I guess, but it, it doesn't sound good to me. But I'd be very happy with some type of scenario format um i mean the only other game i've really played that has one is legion but those like objectives and everything kind of really made it fun and made every match feel different so i I would like that it's like if you're doing like a capture the flag king of the hill control the zone escort exactly destroy these things i mean they all feel like that feel natural right and then it changes up with building Thing, and then you have a side you can be like, all right, this scenario is this, and then you can swap out, you know, your ships a bit or something, you know, every so, so you don't have to, so you can um, be flexible. Like, you're like, all right, well, okay, so like, let's say this, like, let's say uh, I know George Soccer is probably a bad example. It's a very 
specific type of game. But let's say, okay, let's say there's something like where um, you have a token on top of every uh, one of your ship cards. And when that ship is destroyed, like you get to place the tokens on top of them. And then when you flip the token, if it's like a VIP, like it's a, you have to basically protect that person, but your opponent doesn't know who it is. Sure. I mean, like, that could be, like, a fun variant where it's still deathmatch, but it's got, like, a, you know, uh, nothing matters unless you kill your opponent. Um, that your sounds awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, I mean, like, they're, they're, I, I, like I said, joint soccer might be a bad example, but it could be something like that, where, like, and then, like, it, that could be something where sure. you bring a sideboard, where, like, you know, you want to bring more ships because you're trying to keep your VIP alive, but at the same time, you need to expend ships to kill the other person's VIP. So while I, I do like the idea yeah. of that, I do think if we do something like that, we kind of need to roll it out slowly. Because just the idea of adding sideboards to X-Wing, like, it, it completely changes, like, list building, just in, just in general. And then adding sideboards and adding different scenarios in the match. So now you're having to build your list and build your sideboard to, to, to be able to, you know, mix between deathmatch or whatever. One step at a time <laughs> is the only thing I'd say. I'm, I'd be down for it, but one step at a time. So, speaking of changing list building, I, I didn't see it on our uh, outline, so I was just wondering what people thought about the standardized loadouts that he talked about. Basically, quick builds. I am super interested in the uh, quick builds that are potentially the way they made it sound is they're quick builds that would be cheaper than if you just built that ship out with those upgrades. Or um, might have upgrades they couldn't normally take. Yes. It kind of like yeah. how we had with quick builds. Um, I'd, I'd be super interested in that. Um, it might be kind of tricky to balance some of it. Uh, but uh, that's I definitely mean, but something guess... I'm interested in. Presumably, like they'd have their points totals on like the PDF, so there would oh, yeah, be like they, yeah. Darth Vader standardized loadout that all gather in release the price. But I like how, especially for like things like all right, so like a bomber or type pun bomber or type punisher, like realistically, like you would think it would have more than like one. Then you could put like three different, like if you're actually building out a type punisher, you're not going to put like four different kinds of ordnance on it. But if it is a quick standardized loadout, you could put like two different missiles, two different torpedoes, and then discount the price so it's not stupidly expensive. It makes it more versatile. Or the same with like a K-Wing or something like that. So you're saying not just Where... do it, because like the example they kind of showed was the, uh, the Ala Secura one. Um, so you're not saying doing it just for like particular pilots. You're saying just doing it for even like generic uh, pilots or just the chassis, basically? No. No, I mean, it could be particular pilots, because they're going to have that Battle of Yavin and the Siege of Coruscant, but, like, you can imagine, like, a Y-Wing pilot from Battle of Yavin, and then you put two different kinds of torpedoes on it, which I don't think you'd normally do ever, like, put two yeah, different no. torpedoes on, like, a Y-Wing, or two different torpedoes on a Punisher. I did, like, I did when I first started playing. I put two torpedoes and a yeah, missile, like, I think, on Miranda or something. It was It was bad. <laughs> to like be able to bring major uh, major rhymer and to be able to put two different missiles two different torpedoes and then you price him correctly rather i mean he'd be ridiculously overcosted if you had to pay like the 
list value of all the orders. Yeah, I yeah, think there's, something there's, like that could definitely be cool. Dies, but then there, there's a lot of potential with that, with bombs and missiles and all of that. So here's here's a, a fear I had though when I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. Everything I've always heard, like whenever they have the convention exclusive, like ships or everything like that, is just don't make it like a pay to win type thing. Um, and I don't know how long the Battle of Yavin pack or the Siege of Coruscant pack are going to be out there. And if they have these, uh, you know, ships that are tournament or cards that are tournament legal that you can't get anywhere else, then I worry that it, it kind of is going down that same type of slope that we know other games have gone in where uh, now, hey. unless you're doing these certain events, you're going to be at a disadvantage competitively. No, I mean, so I, I don't think that it happened because the way I look at so 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 the. Uh, the official app is dead, so we're really just going to have the third-party apps and the do the PDF documents. So in that PDF document is going to have the price for... I'm just going to use that A-look hard again, right? With the, those particular upgrades. What's stopping you from just bringing the regular Ala pilot card and those individual upgrades in particular and just using that as that loadout? I don't think you necessarily have to have that card from the pack or the event or anything. I don't I don't see what the major difference would be there. I don't see what the major difference is in having to use an official card as opposed to an alt art card, but apparently there's a difference there in the developer's mind. I think that they're going to say if you want to use this, then you got to pay for the pack or pay to have gone to the event. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. What one uh one cool thing I'd like to see them do too is uh is you could you you as you were saying kind of with putting uh cards on ships that couldn't normally take it so putting like example like mod slot things on Fenral where you don't have to worry about him having afterburners or maybe giving Boba his crew slot back but it not being a force user or something along those lines um there, like I said there's a lot of potential with that and I am curious to see how far they go with it. Um, or they might not do much with it at all. We'll we'll see. It's a good idea, though. I I will yes. definitely give them some credit for that. I have no opinion on it. I feel like it's going to be quick belly. Yeah, I mean, so that's worst case scenario, right? It's not great, and we still have the regular build your own pilot, and you know, nothing gained, nothing lost. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Yeah, I, I think we'll have to see a little bit closer when we get more information on it. All right, so definitely the most controversial topic that we'll talk about now, and I think these two definitely go hand in hand. Um, where the we'll start with the first one, where random first player order. Um, now I believe they we do know that you know it's going to be a roll off at the beginning of the game, not each round. Uh, so we can. Definitely um, squash anything where it's going to be like, oh, alternating activations, which I have strong op opinions about. Uh, I know a lot of people would to try it. I feel like it has been um, tested in other games, and there's a lot of strengths with it, and there's a lot of weaknesses that, with it that uh, I don't think people realize. So um, we do know that it's going to just be a roll off, you know, hits or cr hits and crits or misses probably the easiest way to do it and then um one player will be first player and the other player will be second player um i'm sure we'll get clarification if you get to choose 
or if you are just assigned, you know, if, if you get hits, you're the first player. Um, which I, I think a lot of people might not have <laughs> taken into consideration yet, because but I also know MCP, I believe, is the same way, where it's if you have the most um, in their initiative role, it's if you have the most, I believe you're just first player. Like, there is no I get to choose. Uh, so that would be interesting to see if they go like that with the um, with the tournament documentation or like the rules. Uh, so I know people are upset about it. They've been very vocal about it, and they are pitching all their ideas all over the internet of what they think would be the best way to do it. And I don't think AMG cares. <laughs> um, I think that's definitely other- true. This yes. is a really and big change, though. It is a huge change. It changes the game 100%. And um, do, uh, we'll talk about the you know the other thing. I'll bring up the other thing real quick, and we can talk about them together. Is that deficit scoring for unused points, where if your list is at uh, 180 points... You sacrifice that 20 points. You don't get to choose if you're first player or second player anymore. Um, so all those points now go to your opponent. So uh, it, none of that matters. List building uh, is just off. You know, you want to be up to 200 points as much as possible. Um, I, I still think... I mean, I, I would imagine that you're going to be able to fill every slot, even if you're putting delayed fuses on things. But um, at the same time, it's going to change the game drastically. I know people are upset about it. I know people are excited about it. Um, but it's really what... I, I don't think they're changing. I don't think they're going back. And I don't think anytime soon they're going to... Um, change or make it be anything else than what they are saying right now. Yeah, and, so, and we have long um, advocated for deficit yeah. scoring, right? Like, sure, it's the the bid system was completely stupid and gave way too much of an advantage because you got to protect points and decide the initiative order um, potentially. So that whole system was dumb, and they very rightfully decided, uh, no, let's make you give up those points. I don't know why FFG never did. But uh, it, it seemed very clear, and um, I think we've long argued that position here on, on the podcast. But um, the random first player, I did not see coming at all. Right, and I, I think a lot of right. people were kind of saying that, like, either one or the other, not both. Right. But uh, I think at the same time, okay, my, my opinion about the deficit scoring is... It's. I'm glad that they're giving it to the opponent, like because if you, it, it really kind of turns into this like thing where if you have three ships and a twenty point bid, one of those ships is outrageously overcosted, and then you're not playing the game of, am I destroying all of my opponent's ships? You're playing the game of I want this ship to survive, and now my ship costs so much money. Um, and, and I'm glad that they fixed that. Yeah, like the way I would generally list build is I would go on <clears throat> Pink Brain Matter and I would look at what the popular pilots and builds were and then i would make it so that my end game piece when it was at half plus my build or plus my bid was worth more than than you know half of that ship that was my my strategy um because you got to protect those points and it was an easy way to make that happen 
and it's dumb that that was a thing. So that was really good that they got rid of that. Right, and and that is actually... Well, as a non-Ace player who usually doesn't bid, I have to ask a sort of a dumb question. So, I mean, I feel like if I play Brett, he's still going to go after me, you know? But, like, because, you know, he'll be higher initiative and such. Like, does this mostly just affect aces versus... I, it feels to me it would only affect ace versus ace matchups, mostly. Like, that's where it's most influential, and then it seems like less of... I don't know, as a non-ace player, I can't comment, but, like, is if you're an ace player against non-ace lists, you're, st- you're still going to go after them. Yeah, it, it really... Other ace lists. Mm-hmm. It only impacts the mirrors. Yeah, and, yeah but no, in the it's... mirror, then, then you don't have to bid. You don't have to like race to the bottom and then be annoyed that the other person did one more point than you. I don't know. Like, but this right, is so me commenting from the outside. So I don't know. Jonathan, to, to your point, let's say, um, now with this, what I was saying earlier was like, okay, Brett's got, I don't know, X amount of ships that are, there's three 60 point ships. Now, one of those ships is now suddenly 80 points. Like at the end of the game. Now, if you lose them up, then you can be like, okay, I'm going to target the 80-point ship right off the bat. Yeah. So, and I think that's how it changes the game a lot, too. Where it, it might not just be yeah. AC versus so deficit, yeah. As opposed to a random first player. Like, it's, right. if you can bid really deep, it feels like things are under-costed. Oh, oh but, I'm sorry, um, you were talking about you were talking about first player. I was talking about first player. Okay, okay, I, I thought you were talking about the bid system. Okay. We could talk about one than the other. Yeah, so the, the it definitely it. impacts the mirrors, but I don't see like how else it, it, it really makes much of a difference. And I agree with you, right? There's no incentive now to bid. So I've been having a lot of fun in the last week getting to actually use up all 200 points. And it's like, oh, wow, that's a really cool upgrade that I would have always cut out for the bid, right? Because it might like, only happen in one out of four games, upgrade. right? Um, or like heightened perception, right? Like I, that's a card I've actually used before, but it's also one that is almost always going to get cut out for a bid, um, unless I have like an I four or something like that. And now it's like you know what? Okay, well if I throw that on there, then that gives me an extra tool in case I'm up against a like if I put it on Luke, I have an extra tool in case there's a an I six that could potentially you know do some damage to Han. And that's a card I never would would get to play before. So it's it's opening up the the squad builder significantly for someone like me who, you know, is almost always bidding in double digits. Or Prockets is a is a great example too, like you said. You did this. What does what does uh chance what does chance think? Uh. <laughs> I'm the I, yeah, yeah. I'm the, the dissenting opinion on this. I'm I'm so far not the biggest fan of this. I've uh, I've realized that I I might have overreacted a little bit, but I still don't think I've completely overreacted. And I, his I, his I initial know, reaction I just, was, "I hate this game. This is stupid. I'm not even listening to them anymore." But, but go ahead. I, I think I'm gonna go play Legion. Yes, yeah, that was it too. Yeah, and then they announced changes for Legion too. So now I just can't play uh, Star Wars games apparently. <laughs> but well, like, um, okay. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, well, I was going to say, like, okay, my the last tournament we went to, I did this. I mean, I had a beefy Boba, and he was my endgame piece, and I, I was talking to Brett a lot about it, if I needed a bid or not. And it was kind of like, 
um, at I-5, it was an issue. Um, and I, I decided not to go with a bid. And three of my games that I played, it mattered. It 100% mattered. I mean, granted, I knew Brett was going to my one game. And I wasn't going to come anywhere close to his. But if but you the other it, games... I, I did Damn it, Jonathan! Um, right, right, right. right. Well, no, going to my point that, you know, people need to learn how to play the game of moving second or moving first. Um, but the other two games, like, it, it came down to if I took that shield upgrade off of Ketsu or whole upgrade off of Ketsu, I would have had that option. And now it's kind of like, um, and me as a player, I don't mind it. Like, I have learned to play the game of moving first and moving second. So it's kind of like, I, I know some a lot of people prefer to move second, but I mean, it's, it's going to make them kind of reconfigure themselves to being able to play the game and list build uh, if they are moving first or second. And I, I think that's really what it kind of comes down to it, is that is when they are moving. So you, all, all of your points are valid. I, I think one of the things that bothers me is just, I guess, just taking away the player's agency to be able to determine that kind of thing. I also just really, and it's it's a bit of a catch-22, and Brett, Brett brought this up to me. So you, you go into an ace matchup, right? You know, 655 versus 655, right? Matching initiatives. You roll the die. And you know you're you have double reposition aces. They have double reposition aces. You lose the initiative, and it's instantly just an uphill battle. And there is literally nothing you could have or can do about it. Previously, admittedly, uh, the same kind of thing could happen when you just went up against <coughs> someone with a bigger bid. The difference there, though, is usually if they bid more, you have more toys than them, or you had potentially better ships. A, a multitude of things, uh, assuming the points and everything are balanced properly, uh, and now that's gone, uh, and I think that's part of what's what's bothering me. Yeah, and and I think it's clear or it's important to say this is not us saying that aces are dead, right? No, like like I not, think, no. and and we've been talking on the Discord all day about it, but I think we all can agree that aces against most of the field now are in a stronger position because those ten points now are two prockets. Or, you know, something yep. similar to that. Um, it's just the ace v. ace matchup. It, it does suck when there's nothing you can do. Right? Like, I, I remember a game I had at the Toronto System Open. Uh, I lost the bid by one point, And because of that, I went from probably, like, a 70% favor to win to maybe, like, 40% chance to win. Um, and that really sucked. But... In my mind, you know what? I said, well, guess what? If I hadn't taken that stupid Predator, then I would have had it. Like, I still felt like I had some agency there, and I had just made a poor decision. Um, here, it's like, well, I guess I just rolled poorly. <laughs> yeah. I got to blame the and dice, I mean, and I hate blaming and, dice. And I mean, yeah, you, uh, Andrew's right. You know, learn how to fly better. Learn how to, you know, move first. But there are some matchups where... Uh, it's, like I said, especially in that high initiative double reposition game where moving second is just such a massive advantage. I, I don't think it's, it's almost insurmountable in some cases when you have that advantage over your opponent. And it's very disheartening at the beginning of the match when that happens. Right. Can I dissent against the dissenters? Of course. Yeah. I mean, you still have agency. It's just, it comes earlier now. It comes in list building. Like, yeah, if you rock up with 
a previous change list and then are upset that you lost the roll-off, well, then maybe you should have list-builded better? Well, I mean, so that that's the thing, is everyone's just going to have a 200-point list, so... Now, I, I mean, I guess you could you could bring sense or or like Brett mentioned with heightened perception, I guess, to try to alleviate things like this. But you know what I'm saying uh, is that you have to like no... list build entirely differently than before. Like it's a new game now. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with it's that. It's just different. I'm not saying one is better or the other one. Like, there's still like in the pre this world, there's a way you had to list build in that I had to build a big bid in order to compete with this style of ace list. In this new world, the things have just changed. You have to list build differently from the get-go. Like, triple aces may not be that viable of a thing anymore in the same way that they killed certain mid-initiative lists prior to this change. Yeah, I, I think you're completely right, Zach. Um, I think it's just you need to, now. you know, You need to no longer be able to plan on just not getting shot. Right, you need yeah. to be able to list build for a way where okay, if I hit that matchup where I am gonna get shot with you know my general end game piece, I have enough of my other you know ships where I can claw back from that. Right, like you know they're tanky enough or uh, they have enough red dice. So there, there's ways that it's gonna be overcome, and I completely agree. Right, the the current list building of I'm just gonna throw three high maneuverable aces with low HP on there, um, but you know never get shot that that's probably a list of the past but all right so i mean as a not all right once again as a non-ace player just saying like the ace this is just aces which ace player wins when they fight another ace player it doesn't affect them playing what, mid, uh, initiative so list, right? one of the big they things with this is... yeah they they still they they're even stronger against the mid initiative stuff yeah, right yeah that's one and of the biggest things so it's really like, wouldn't the same number of ace lists still make the cut? It's just like different when the ace players meet each other. It's they have to they roll instead of yeah, but you have to plan for that now ahead of time. Yeah, like, like you probably won't see as many like prior to this. You saw quite a few ace lists at most tournaments. I would probably go so far as to say it's one of the more predominant amongst top table stuff. Would anybody disagree? Yeah. Not currently, actually, but, but yeah, gen There's generally, yes. Currently, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. So, but yeah, yeah, again. So, yeah, so, like, and you could do that knowing that, like, there's a way for me to make sure that as the ace player, I go first. Now that that's not a thing, like, you have to account for the games as an ace player that you're not going to be moving first, which means you're just going to see less ace lists in general. It will matter for the mirror, but it's also going to matter in the non-mirrors because the non-mirrors are not going to happen as frequently. Hmm. Right. Can I suggest... I, I just thought of a crazy idea. Okay, good. Oh, imagine, yeah, right. <laughs> imagine you bring veteran instincts back. <laughs> you bring veteran instincts back. About, you price about... it. No, you price it like not one point, like, but you can variably price it. It could be five points, seven, ten, whatever. And then you could let someone put like three copies of Veteran Instincts on Darth Vader so they go at I-9, but it costs 30 points. So it guarantees their Darth Vader moves at I-9. But then someone else spends four, buys four copies and their Darth Vader goes at I-10. I don't know. Now we're bidding in a different way. 
Yeah, yeah we're bidding it, with it, we're bidding with veteran instance cards. It, it is a bidding in a different way, but then it is attached to the pilot. I raise you fourteen veteran instincts. Yeah, that academy uh, tie pilot is really good. The, the difference in bidding though is instead of hiding hiding points previously with bids, now you're you're having to spend them. So if you half point that initiative ten Vader, yeah. you're scoring a lot of points. Yeah, but deficit scoring <laughs> already does that. Idea. Right, like yeah. the deficit scoring. I don't know. I I think it just makes so much sense that that one is a a thing. My last parting shot is uh, Ace plus Mini Swarm is back. Yes, I think Ace plus Mini Swarm is a very viable archetype moving forward. Now, one thing I do I do want to preface all of this with is everything we say about this can completely be upended with the points changes. Which I believe were described as major or significant or some term with that type of meaning. Which is why I wanna which is why I wanna mention it, right? So if if they if they do go through with a major points change, a lot of the points we're making about the aces for example, aces could in one case go up in in so incredibly high that they're just not viable at all, period. They could also go down incredibly so because you can't bid with them whatever reason AMG determines that they can just fit so many toys and whatnot that they're viable again or, or you could say that about every kind of ship but if they're they're talking about massive points changes it, the, everything we're saying here could be just completely irrelevant in a couple weeks uh, depending on what they do card if they don't go down uh, I, well the, the other thing is is i don't think we have the data for that yet i mean right now i mean we're they said we're supposed to get a points at the by the end of the week right uh, first we heard the end of the first we heard end of the month then we heard end of the week so okay. well, so let's just say this next point end of the release, day end um, of the day by this next point in release i don't think there's going to be any kind of significant data um because especially let's say that um even with like a a, a heavy playtest team i don't think that there is enough data to really and they did say during their streams this weekend that they do use tournament data they go through videos and everything that they can find yeah. um to really kind of support you know their decisions i, I don't think there's enough data for that i don't i wouldn't see like soon fell or vader going down really um if i, I don't i couldn't see their points changing at all right now and, and I, I think i think the meta is going to really have to you know evolve over the next six months to really um justify that i wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of determined that it's it's their game now and they just do a huge point change just from what they think is right uh, and obviously they can change it later i i mean i wouldn't be surprised and you know i wouldn't even be against it didn't honestly and it's pretty low risk right now there's not any official play yeah didn't exactly they say, didn't they say they want uh, something about faction identity I, yes, I, mean, I could be making that. Like they want to like reinforce faction identity. Yes. So like, droids, you know, CIS should be more droids. about droids and like drop the price of droids and increase the price of like Django Zam because they mentioned Django Zam specifically, right? Yeah. And then I wouldn't like... be surprised if we get a decrease, especially considering something else we're going to talk about potentially. Um, if we get a, like a decrease on the the standard Tie Fighters. So yeah. we see more of that, like, ace mini swarm-ish kind of thing from Empire, or just swarm-ish kind of lists in general. 
but that 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 might yeah. be their extreme points changes. Their extreme point change might be to change the to change the faction identities to more of that that formula. So that they're referring to. So they might not have to have data to go off of to make those changes, and just what they think each faction's lists should roughly look like. So, like, what about Suntir Fell? Do you think he goes down? Fifty-four points right now. Not, I don't think he goes I don't down. Think, yeah. Unless uh, everything goes up. I think I think he's below fifty after or after the points change. I don't think he goes up. I will say that. Yeah, I definitely don't think he goes up. up. I would not be shocked if he goes down. Like, I think he's going to get a, a, a significant points decrease because, I mean, he's a ship that is designed to arc dodge, right? Yeah, I think ships that are designed to arc dodge are, are going to go down. I think ships that are designed to be brawlers, like like Poe, they could go up, right? Poe can go I mean, up, Han can go up, Ray could go up. I mean, the only things that he, can arc, that he can't arc dodge are other I-6s, soon tear. Right, but which is a, a significant part of the, the meta. And with no way of guaranteeing that he can arc dodge anymore. Like, he is not worth as many points and now as he that was used to be, That used to be his thing, is that he was a lesser expensive I-6 ace that could dance around all the other I-6s. He could still do it half the time. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. You haven't seen my dice rolling. Just call misses. You're good. Now. She has to. So I don't know. I like that. That's one I think goes down. Poe is one I think goes up. Um, I don't know. I I think I just look at the the pilot and I say, is it an arc dodger? And if it's yes, it it probably goes down a bit for this this first points adjustment. It can always go back up. Yep. Um. So, okay. Since we're like on the topic of points adjustment, um. They did say they are going to be doing a ban and restricted list, um, which is common uh, with a lot of other games, mostly card games. They implement it in Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, they generally don't, you know, um, go too wild. I think they've had two cards that are banned in Crisis Protocol, uh, and there's their restricted list is a little bit different than. Um, we're used to like where restricted they have um you can only bring um you know x amount of the restricted cards um so like let's say you could only bring like maybe like one type of torpedo if it was a restricted or um something like that we'll probably see it in the form of pips like they'll say you can only bring uh, you know, one proton torpedo or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised Which if they banned proton torpedoes. Is something but... I've been clamoring for for a long time. Right, and that's that is a big change from FFG, uh, where FFG kind of right off the bat said they would never implement that, and then the first big thing that AMG said is they're going to start doing it. So, um. Like I said, I, I don't think that, you know, I, I I know people are probably panicking a little bit and they're expecting things from it, but I, I do think that they're going to be very, very generous with it. And we might see, like, maybe one or two things banned and then maybe, like, one or, like, maybe three or four things that have now pips on them that don't. Um, going along that thing, though, which I kind of found this a little interesting in Crisis Protocol, they completely reworked certain characters. And that was something that 
um, FFG kind of, they would errata certain things, but they wouldn't, like, you know, go too much into it, where, like, they basically were just like, here's printouts of the adjusted characters, you know, go wild with it, which, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see if in the future, something like, uh, I don't know, Day Stone Arm gets an ability that actually matters, or something well, like that, where they kind of just change that. And the reason I bring this up is because it almost seems like they're going um, in the process of the, the games are very similar. So maybe if we started seeing a bunch of things that are happening in that game, maybe it'll translate over to this game. Um, yeah. Uh, we already have like multiple versions of like Poe, right? Or Snap Wexley, right? So like with different abilities, same chassis, different abilities. Different cause. Right, right, and they have the, they have the same exact thing in Crisis Protocol, where they have two different Spider Mans and two different uh, Black Widows, um, where they they have you know different things like that. But then there's also certain things that like the Hulk was completely unusable because it was just so bad. But then they were just like, here's a new Hulk. So I, I'm curious if they would ever do something like. I mean, I could never see them putting another Dace Bone Arm in the game. But maybe they're just like, okay, here's a Dace Pronom that is not, you know, as completely useless as he is. Yeah, It's just a thought, like, I mean, that going off this, you know, we see the ban restricted list in that game. Maybe this is something that they would ever implement into this game going forward. Yeah, and that, just in general, I think it's refreshing to see that AMG just in general isn't afraid to mess with the games at all. FFG always seems scared or worried about messing with their games too much. And that would be too confusing, or they were worried that the the, docu the the documents would be too confusing or have too many things on it, and then they added stuff to it anyway. Um, so I, I am happy to see that they, they don't seem scared to, to make crazy changes if that's what they feel needs to happen. Yeah. sometimes it does with these games. This was where it seemed, you know, FFG as a board game company was really hurting the minis games, right? And AMG as a mini mm -hmm. company seems very comfortable saying, all right, well, you know what? Miniatures games are inherently complicated. So if we have to make it a little more complicated, that's fine. This is generally not a, a game for someone super casual. So, like, let's just make it good and not focus on, right. on casualness. And, and it's going to... Because you bring that up, and it's like, if you are a casual kitchen player, kitchen table player, like, none of this could even affect you. You could just be like, I have these cards, and that's it. I don't care. But, like, it's like they are kind of presenting it to that, you know, if you are a more serious player, if you are in a, um, you know, position that you want to, you know, go to the big tournaments and everything like that they do care about the game and that like they're making things viable that weren't viable and like there's a whole plethora of ships out there and pilots out there that nobody touches because they aren't relevant and it's kind of like uh, uh maybe this is their way of actually uh, uh implementing like better changes to the game that ffg was just like here's a bunch of stuff that we didn't really have time to play test for 2.0 but um you know, we just give them the same abilities or uh, we don't have the time to mess around with them. So we're just not going to. And 
they're going to be left in the dust. Uh, because that was FFG's, like, they didn't do erratas, like, the, you know, well, they did do erratas, but I mean, not to the point that they changed things completely. Where, like I said, like, with Crisis Protocol, it was they, they gave you literally a new sheet that you could just slide over your card and be like, okay, here's all the new abilities or the new stats or anything like that. Um, so, uh, AMG is a company, I, I am impressed with them uh, doing stuff like that and would like to see that implement it into the um this game yeah and we did see that they were willing to change like the hero card right like they they issued a you know it was i guess an errata but they changed the text on the card very very quickly quick too yeah they did that so quick we're fmg we would have been like what yeah it would be january and we'd still be like where's our our faq Exactly, it would be January, and the FAQ would be data for July. Oh God, I remember that. <laughs> so curious, uh, if you could ban or restrict cards, what would you ban? Boba Fett. I love Boba Fett, but I want a Boba Fett that doesn't have to be priced like sky high, or lose okay, its so crew, we, we fight, talk, crew ship. We talked about this a little bit prior. I couldn't couldn't see them banning pilots as of yet, but I could definitely see them banning uh upgrade cards and like i said one of mine was proton rockets or torpedoes i'm sorry proton torpedoes and probably supernatural and another thing that kind of came up another thing that kind of came up was like uh instead of messing around with slots they just kind of ban something but i I don't know i kind of like them messing with the slots a little bit but yeah no there's a on my list is proton rockets and supernatural you yeah, mean proton torpedoes, right? Yeah, proton torpedoes. Like I would, like supernatural, sense, informant, advanced sensors, everything that lets you move before your dial, and everything that lets you look at your opponent's dial. Yeah, I'd be pretty happy with all, especially with the so the random initiative, or first player. Like they should Anakin, get rid of sense for sure. Baby Anakin, uh, Sabine, and the in the TIE fighter and then the attack shuttle, everything where you're like, make a barrel roll first. Uh-huh. I can't get on board with baby, yeah. baby Anakin. That one's just so cool. <laughs> well, I guess like baby Anakin and Sabine are low initiative. So it's not a big deal. Not right. a big deal. I guess mine would be, I, 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 I was to the supernatural. Uh, I think banning Sloan, wouldn't be a terrible idea. I don't think there's really too many people that would miss Sloan in this game. And I sometimes worry that some of the Imperial crew carriers pay a bit of a a Sloan tax, more or less. Um, So it's just just not fun to play against, realistically. I don't think anyone will really miss it. Um, And so I don't have too much of a problem with ships that can... Uh, reposition before they move as long as it's restricted unlike supernatural so like precognition reflex precognitive reflexes i think is fine and a lot of that stuff and i I do like the baby anakin barrel roll my one is being able to change your dial so like slave one for example being able to change your dial before you move uh, the the amount of information you've gained and be able to do that like advanced sensors get in action before you but then there's a huge restriction on it a lot of the um, change your dial before you move, though, don't have really bad restrictions or negative effects. 
for a potentially incredibly powerful ability. So, so there's Slave One and Hera. Who else does that? Well, like Season uh, Navigator. Season Navigator. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think like so. Advanced Sensors might be a perfect example where they could just ban it and issue a new one, and it says you can take or you can perform one non-booster barrel action, and then you can't do another action this turn. Right, like they could get rid of the stupid, uh, you know, pre-movement reposition, which is the thing that kind of makes the card semi-abusive, and then just make it so that you know your B-wing can get a, a token before it does a K turn. Yeah, or, or your lambda or whatever, mm -hmm. and then it doesn't have to cost ten points. Right. Now, here's another thought though: with them adding the ban and restricted list, is this going to really kind of um, affect? I wouldn't say be like laziness, but like, are they going to be like, okay, instead of us just boosting up the points, uh, are we just going to ban this instead? Because like, I mean, how often do you see Supernatural anymore? It's like that one person that flies the two ship lists. Um, but the you two do ship, see uh, it. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it, it, it's priced to a point that like, is it that crazy abusive? Maybe. I, I, I think my question no. is, are they going to ban more things as opposed to, uh, let's say, raising its points? I, I, I do see where you're coming from, and I do hope they don't get... I, I would hope that points adjustment would be the first step, and then if that doesn't work, then maybe look into banning it. Especially for cards that have been around for since like near the beginning of 2.0, that have been either an issue or or a recurring issue, um, but I, I I do agree with your comment. I don't want banning to be the new problem solver, basically. So I don't I don't play Magic, right? But don't Magic like bans happen like during seasons? Like they'll be yeah, like, you know what? There's hey, there's this combo we weren't anticipating. Very different. Yeah, but, the thing about Magic is like. They ban a card, and then they, like, three months later, they have a whole new set of 150 cards come out. So it's like, we don't get that. Where, like, we get, like, maybe, like, I don't know, like, 20 cards come out every well, they, three, they, four months. They rotate it, too. Right. That's also, again, because they have so many cards coming out, cards get rotated out, and then suddenly this one card that was broken because of these isn't broken anymore. Right, but, well, so what I was going to get at was that just because something gets banned for a season doesn't mean it has to be banned permanently, right? Like, they're oh, like, sure. oh, you know what? Hey, we, we actually uh, priced this this pilot a little too aggressively, so we're just going to ban him for the rest of the year. Oh, Supernatural Reflexes, we brought it down a little, we brought it down too much, just banned, and then we're going to raise the price when we're, we're doing, you know, the rest of our, our points updates. Like, I think it gives them a way I mean, to, to maybe be a little so, more aggressive in trying to so get the card pulled out. So you're saying bans is kind of like an emergency thing, kind of like they... Did the emergency price change on the the upsilons, like the out of cycle. yeah? That's one way that they could be doing. It. I I obviously I mean, don't yeah. know, but I don't think they do though. I I think they kind of um I think they kind of just go with a route of this isn't healthy for the game, and it is banned. I mean, as far as competitive levels go, I, and I really kind of see that as the way. Uh, and like I said, I know. We talk about bans and restricted. I, I the restricted list is going to be like something like uh, pips on cards that don't uh, already have them. So, but I don't see that happening. I think um, they just ban it, and I don't think they 
they they might adjust the points, but I don't see them being like, okay, uh, we found a healthy point list or a point for this, um, so it can come back. Uh, I I don't see that happening. But that's just my thought. Uh, like I said, and I think it comes down to if the card is actually again healthy for the game or not, and and I think that's what we're looking for. Um, with these lists, not just um, oh, Boba's terrorizing the meta. Let's ban Boba. Like I, I don't think that. I think that's where points, and, and like so, like I, I agree a little bit with Jonathan. I don't know if I would necessarily ban Baby Boba and, or not Baby Boba, Baby Anakin and Sabine, but something like Supernatural, I think, definitely deserves a ban. And I don't see them, um, just being like, okay, we're just gonna ban it for the season and raise it fifty points next, um season or whatever I, I don't i think as far from experience i don't think that's the way that's going to happen um that you're probably right for... but it's something they could do if they wanted to they could but yeah like i said i mean um and, and like like i said what was something restricted if something like i don't know like proton rockets becomes a thing where Eidos. no i'm talking rockets um <laughs> if like let's say you have a bunch of seats that have I don't know uh, however many you can fit with the uh, proton rockets on it, and it becomes something crazy. They they could easily just be like, proton rockets now have three pips or two pips or something like that. Where I, I think for I wouldn't be surprised if proton rocket or torpedoes, uh, do get uh, added to the ban list. Um, even though I feel like they've definitely fallen off the charts as of recently, but. Yeah, but once you lower their price again, they'll just be right back. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, I mean, uh, this, like I said, I, I... This goes back to the, the argument people have made for forever about, like, with defenders, right? Um, they don't want triple FFG, didn't want triple defenders in the game, so they had to be a, a certain price uh, so that you could never fit three of them. Whereas if you just made it so they were all defenders, you know, had a two pips, you could only bring two defenders in a list, you could kind of price them more appropriately because you didn't have to worry about three. Same for ships. I know, like, the, the VCX could probably um, do that because I, I wouldn't want to have to fly against three VCXs personally. Uh, that just doesn't sound fun. But uh, I, this is why I've been a huge proponent for the, the pip system just in general. And I really do hope they uh, they use it. Yeah, threshold pricing yeah. was always kind of dumb as being the, right. the main restriction. That's what it was called, yeah. Right, right, right. That, that, that is a really good point. Because, like, I mean, like, if, if that is the case, then, yeah, you... I mean, I think it's still a slippery slope of uh, how many defenders... But, I mean, if they put the pip next to the defender chassis, that that would be definitely something mm -hmm. interesting. And you can just do that on a PDF document. It's uh, it's pretty easy. It's complicated! And that was always FFG's response, is we don't want to make the game too complicated. Oh, but here, wanna, here's know, a bunch of keywords that don't even apply. Exactly. Exactly. Or, yeah, I agree. Like, you could, you should, they should put pips next to some of those generic large base ships. So I don't know, like the outer rim smuggler, or is like only or the Lothal rebel. They're only a little bit cheaper than the main pilots, like a point or two. You'd never ever bring them, but yeah, if you put but one tip on, and then you can drop its price. Like yeah, only exactly. One. Yeah, even so, two, like two is fine, but like 
I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't want to fly against a list of what I don't know how many generics you could fit, but it. Yeah, yeah. I I think that would be a really healthy upgrade for the the game. It would fix a lot of just points issues in general that have been around for a while. Um, and we've seen they've they've gotten the FFG got a little more crazy with the pips. They started putting pips on some of the upgrades, like thread tracers is two pips. You can only have two thread tracers in a list, period. Um, so they started kind of doing it, but it was still pretty rare. So I'd like to see way more of it. Agreed. Yeah, and like I said, that that'll definitely be the restricted list. Um, um do we want to circle back to, I mean, is there anything that we need to talk to about the point deficit being awarded to your opponent? I mean... The only only thing I have to say about that is, I I, I think Brett and I and a couple of us, of us have discussed, I think there should be like a maybe two or three point uh, leniency on this, just because what ends up, what what's going to end up happening is you're going to build your list, have all your upgrades, and you're going to be at 199. And you're just going to see stupid upgrades that don't, that aren't really relevant, like, you know, delayed fuses or munitions failsafe thrown on lists so they don't give up that one point, potentially, or that, or, or on two ships, so they don't give up those two points, or something like that. And it's just a dumb little side effect. Um... Yeah. I, I just wish it wasn't a thing. Definitely. I think anything below 198 oh. goes to your opponent. Or even if you're below 198, all the points go to your opponent, but you get a little bit of a grace period because, I mean, I mean I've just been playing around building lists right now, and, and it's been multiple times where I just haven't had a slot that I could use to get up to that 200 points. Um, It's, you know, 198. Like, I'm not at a 20-point bid. I'm two points under, maybe, but I don't have a mod slot free. Now, I don't know if they can, I don't know how good a AMG is at math, if they can do the, the points adjustments to make sure things like that don't happen. I don't know how feasible that is, but yeah. At some point, it's always going to end up happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely get it, and I, I think um, uh, it, they they definitely set the bar that, like, to hit 200 and i i get it too that like there's been times that i don't have anything else that i can you know bring and still under 200 points so it's, i get what you're saying it would be interesting that they would um if they ever like implemented like a token system where like okay you need to fill up points and like maybe they'd have to be very generous with this where like what you're saying is a dummy EPT that is three points and or like one, two, three, or four points, and you could throw that on there, and the EPT does nothing, but it makes your ship three points to hit two hundred points. Now, like I said, like it would have to be very, very strict, um, because you wouldn't want just the people abusing it where they just have you know, uh, throwing that on everything. Like maybe like for what you're saying is if you're within you know three or four points uh that they could do something like that where like they have like a dummy 
thing for X amount of points for each slot. So you have something to throw on there, like like a dummy EPT or a dummy modification, Alyssa, whatever you need. Um, if you're not using a slot, and throw it on there. But I don't know if they would ever implement something like that. Um, just like as a token or, you know, they could just say it, it's, I don't know, if it's like a modification, like new paint job, and then it's a blank modification. Um, it, it's something that they could do, but it would probably require a lot of work. So what yeah. you're saying is I can make Brett pay points for painting his ships? Exactly. I mean, you wouldn't, I'm out. You wouldn't be. But it would be a way to... Um, like I said, if like you can't fill slots or whatever, but and it would go with your point deficit or like your threshold of mm -hmm. three or four points. So I don't know. Yeah, no, that that could work. Uh, I think it would be easier to just say that you can be at one ninety eight and not give up the points, but something like that could be kind of thematic. Right. Uh. So overall. What are you guys thinking about AMG and how they did? Well, I was extremely pleased that they started the stream by talking about how they want this game to be around for a long time, and they're supporting it, and uh, you know, they're they're it's a focus for them. So I was very happy from basically the get go with the the whole stream. Uh, I mean, I wish there had been some more excellent content, uh, just so that we had some time to digest things and then come back. To it and ask some questions, but overall, I think this is a lot of positive changes. Some stuff is very new, some stuff like we talked about uh, is going to require us to think about the game and think about list building differently, uh, but different is not the same as bad. So I'm much happier uh, than I was when I was worried they were going to say, complete game. Uh, complete game. Uh, I definitely agree. And, and like, touching base what you said, like, uh, I, I think people weren't happy with a lot of FFG things. And uh, I think it might have been um, not just on a player level. Like, I, I think uh, I we, we can blame shipping containers being lost and we can blame other things. But I, I definitely think there was some structural uh mishaps like we're going on at ffg that uh, i think uh, it definitely looks like amg is trying to address like i mean like oh you see everywhere and you hear on podcasts people trying to fix things and everything like that even now with amg the way that they're handling it is like people are trying to fix things that they haven't even tried yet but um i, I think a lot of people weren't happy with especially like tournament play and we wait a how long to finally get four rules from FFG. And then even when they finally did release four rules, I don't even know if it helped that much. Um, but, but I am excited to see that AMG is taking the reins on, on different things and really um, I, I'm being patient with them. I think it's going to take them a lot of time to sort through everything. And I am, from what I've seen so far, I'm glad that there are making changes to everything. But you know, that's my thought. Anyone else have a opinion? I mean, basically, more or less what you just said. The The only thing that I think they could improve a little bit on is some of the things they said in the stream, which they did give us a ton of info, 
but they gave us some very vague info and which is kind of some of the stuff we're talking about now like with the the round count and stuff um amg really needs to get their website together or or some better form of communicating outside of social media and and streams some place where all the information is all together where you can actually find it instead of having to look back on social media posts or scroll through streams or whatnot. Um, I'm not going to lie. I kind of miss the FFG articles. They were they were kind of fun sometimes. They were but, fun, uh, but they always had yeah. an, an error, that which was, like, kind of ridiculous. That was like, fun. But, right, it became kind of charming and endearing, but it came, like, it was kind of, like, you know, charming and endearing, like, the way, you know your annoying relative is where like in actuality you're like this is like stop being so freaking annoying but because i love you i'll like look past it <laughs> it's also it's also like do you know the game that you are developing it's like or did you just write this article out of nowhere yeah like <laughs> it, it definitely caused some uh some doubts i think as to you know the competency of you know something as simple as editing an article i think the website point is a very good one like they really really need to, you know, act like a company that's manufacturing, you know, large Disney-owned properties as opposed to, you know, just like some, like, indie developer. So hopefully that's something that happens soon. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, was FFG that good or were they the only ones we knew? And I think, you know, I think AMG is going to show us that FFG really uh, didn't make this game as good as it could have been. That is a bold hot take. Very positive. Very positive. Tell us, Zach, what do you think? Zach, how do you feel about the game? Uh, it's a game. It exists. It's going to exist longer. That's that's a plus. I, I did like that statement. I don't know. Uh, I'm not convinced AMG has their crap together. I'm just not. Okay, so... I, I, I do... Um... I do have doubts, but I think after seeing a lot of the developers on the streams and everything, I do feel a little bit better. Because um, like, we always hear about how small of a company and everything they are. But I mean, doing prior playtests with FFG, like, they weren't any... I mean, they were company, but as far as the parents go, like, I don't see any fear of a... You know. So, I'm not... That means they're going to get the same resources that FFG's members did, and, you know, maybe they guys have a little bit more experience, maybe they are, but, um, like I said, going into these streams and doing prior playtesting with FFG and stuff like that, I, I feel a little bit more confident, but, um, again, like you, Zach, I do have doubts, and I, I do I hope for the thing best. Is, I, I think my thing is, they do seem like exemptions. I do think overall they seem like potentially more competent game designers. My hesitation comes from organization. Like, you can be the best game designer in the world, but if you don't know how to work in a professional game design company, if you don't know how to have the organization to get stuff out in a timely manner, to organize what's coming out, connecting with your player base, all these different things. Like, there's so many different facets that go into being a game design company, not just being someone who designs a good game. And that's where my hesitation is with that. 
Well, so, I mean, going on that point, I feel like I feel a little bit more confident with AMG because, like we said, I mean, with the, the changes to Hera right off the bat, um, where, like I said, with FFG, I felt like it was like we would have to wait months to even get, like, some kind of rules clarification now. Like, if there's reports of people from AMG answering Facebook messages being like, oh, no, this is the ruling. And that that has me a little bit more excited than... Uh, you know, than with FFG. Like, I feel like there is a communication now. Granted, like, I get the, they don't have the website or anything like that that FFG did. Uh, they are very, very social media heavy, which in this world that we live in might be the right thing to do. Um, but it, I, I think they are very responsive um, when it comes to stuff like that and, and I, that's why i'm starting to appreciate them a little bit more um I, i'm also very optimistic um towards everything but i mean uh, i don't know I, I think towards those ending months with ffg i just i really saw them kind of drop the ball and, and i just i don't know if i was happy with it and, and again that was my personal opinion but i don't know how much of that was they already knew that they weren't holding on to the property much longer and how much do you continue to care about something when you know it's not your job anymore? Yeah, that's a possibility that I guess we'll never know the answer to. <laughs> well, I mean, they were they were blindsided by the announcement, like you. Yeah, that was definitely what uh, people yeah. were posting. Yeah, yeah, and like, like before the pandemic, what was his name? Alex Watkins, like the yeah. IP, the uh, OP stuff that they were planning and stuff sounded good, and then the pandemic derailed everything. He was going to show us the new dice, and then he just... Just about to say that. Yeah. But... All right, so Zach is, is skeptical. That's what I'm hearing so far. I'm not, yeah, I'm not negative. I'm just skeptical. Until more comes out. Until proven otherwise. <laughs> Jonathan, do you have any final thoughts about and all this stuff? No, it, I mean, I'm glad it seems like they care about the game and they have a plan. And uh, they knew, like, their decisions would elicit controversy because they said that right at that moment on the stream as they were looking at comments in real time. So, no, I think I, I'm optimistic. Like, after the Armada news, there's part of me that was afraid X-Wing was going to head, that all the, they were winding down all the Star Wars properties. But now, you know, they'll do their best. Right. Yeah, uh, and okay, so I want to say that I was listening to the Legion stream, and I know that they kind of like said that there's product development all through 2022 that is coming from FFG, um, and, and I assume that is very similar to X-Wing. Well, um, so, and, and like I said, I know this is my huge skeptical brain that, you know, after all this FFG product comes out and development i would put i wouldn't say i put money on it but i would be not shocked if they do come out with a new version after all the ffg stuff comes out well they announced they, like, they're, they're working on yeah they, they they announced a lot and, and like I, I think um well they announced their post think... was that they announced their post-FFG content, right? The Battle of Yavin and the Siege of Coruscant and then the Hotex-style campaign set. Right, 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 right. But I'm saying, like, but none of that is, like... Um, Minis. Like, right, exactly. So I, w I, would, I would be shocked if... Uh, I would not be shocked if uh, we do get a new version after 
a lot of that stuff is already developed and the license with LFL is renewed. Um, and they, they were talking about reprinting first edition ships too. Right. Uh, so any final things that you guys want to talk about before we close out? Uh, we will probably, our next episode, we will definitely uh, touch base on all the spoiled stuff that they came out with, with the Gauntlet Fighter or the SD70 or whatever it's called. And, um, all that fun stuff, we'll go into a little bit further detail with that. Uh, the next episode, we're just getting opinions out and uh, hot takes this episode. So, But anything we missed or you want to touch base on? Not me. Yeah, no, I'm good. No. All right. Uh, so on that note, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Discord. All that fun stuff. Um, we are still in the works of a bunch of different things. I know pandemics hopefully winding down soon, and I say that every episode. Um, and it just keeps getting worse. So it's your fault. Just it's all your fault. Stop going to X Wing events. No. Uh, but everyone, be safe. Again, thank you for listening, and have a great night.